Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to share their truth and unpack their hurt. This space was created for black men to feel empowered and know it's okay that they can cry too. Support for Black Men Cry Too comes from NYC's Heritage of Pride. Thank you so much, NYC Pride, for selecting us for your give back so we can encourage Black men to know that it's okay, that they can cry too. Another dope sponsor we have for this season of Black Men Cry Too is Black-owned Scotch Porter. Fellas, if you want the best products for grooming and wellness, head over to blackmencrytoo.com and follow the affiliate link for special inventory and special discounts. Let's not forget our special partner for this season, Happy Cork, where you can not only get the best wine and spirits, but you can get the best Black-owned wine and spirits with this Black-owned wine and spirits store in the heart of Brooklyn. Head over to happy-cork.com and let them know Black Men Cry Too sent you. On this episode of Black Men Cry Too, I had the pleasure of sitting down with one of the Boogie Downs finest, Smooth. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Let's kick this off. Let's do it. I'm going to say to the BX, but yuck. No, Dave. <laughs> Still feel like you need more? Yeah, no, no, no. Tell us how that felt. Uh, okay. Understood. Yeah. The assignment. Got you. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> well, to kick it off, you right. are, would you consider yourself a poet? Yes. I'm a poet. And so, well, matter of fact, I'm a spoken word artist. I'll do that. Spoken word artist. And how long have you been writing poetry and actually performing poetry? And is there a difference in between the two? Yeah, it's a difference. Um, I've been writing since 2010, um, right after my grandmother passed. Um, it was an outlet for me. Um, but I've been performing since 2015. Even though it's been inconsistent from 2015, I really got consistent 2018, but I don't like to cheat the process. But there's a difference between writing poetry and performing. Sometimes you just write for the books or, you know, personal gain. And there are other times where you got to write for the, for the crowd, for the people to really relay your message. And what made you comfortable diving into that realm of a medium to be your outlet? Because a lot of black men, there's typically a stereotype that they like writing rhymes and they want right. to be a rapper and they're like a poet and I didn't even know of it through my rhymes. Right. And it's a different form of vulnerability to decide I'm going to write poetry and talk about what I'm feeling. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like, for me, technically poetry is rap. If, if we get technical, poetry is rap. But I chose poetry because it's, it's one of those art forms, like you said, that's rare, especially for us black men. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't always want to go with rap or anything music related, so to speak, even though poetry can be music. But it's, it's just one of those raw art forms that mm-hmm. you can take raw and nobody cannot sit here and try to and try to water it down, so to speak. I like to call it watering down or, or you know, try to change your way of thought. It's raw expression. So that works best for me. 
And I like how you said you started in 2010, but you didn't start performing in 2015. Right. Was there a reason that it took you that gap period to get comfortable actually performing in front of an audience? Uh, yeah, I was trash. <laughs> 2010, I was trash. Dude, those first five years, I was dirty. <laughs> but um, it, I was just right in the right. I just lost my grandmother. I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to accept it. So it was more of I need an outlet. My grandmother was my outlet. If I was going through something or dealing with anything, I run to her. I go talk to her. She's not here. So I need somebody or something to talk to. So I just started writing and writing. And I had met um, somebody. She said she do poetry. Now I started taking it like, Oh, it's a competition now. Now me and her going back and forth. And she used to walk on me. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm competitive. I got to get better. I got to take it serious. And then once I caught the first hint of actually taking it serious, I'm like, yo, I want to get on stage. Like, people got to hear this. I got some I got some stuff to say. Like, I got some things to say. So that's what prompted me to want to go perform. I think it's interesting how you said your grandmother was the person that you ran to to speak to. And then when you lost her, you ran to the paper right. and started speaking to the paper. And then as time went on, you ran to a microphone and decided like, no, yeah. since I can't talk to the one person, I'm going to talk to everybody. I mean, yeah. Butterfly I, effect. I, like, I, I call oh it God. a butterfly effect. Um, I think I do everything with the butterfly effect. You know, calipeta to cocoon. Now you can see it. And, and that's the same thing with my poetry. I went... That's how I see it. And now when I form the type of poetry I like to call ghetto gospel, you know, it's just raw. It's raw. It's, 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 it just it describes where I come from. That's why I perform the way I perform. How do you perform? Aggressive. Everything <laughs> I do is with aggression. Everything. <laughs> I was going to make a joke and I was like, uh, when I was out with my friends, I was like, you can always tell if somebody's from the Bronx because they're the most aggressive person in the room. Being there like, right, why are you barking? Like, we heard him. Relax. I got you. Just like, it's just us in here. Listen, man. BX will be next. But it's interesting that you say you perform aggressively and, you know, Bronx has the perception to have the most aggressive men, but poetry is soft. And poetry can be vulnerable. So how are you able to decide, I'm going to take this soft art form and right. still show up as a strong, aggressive black man? I mean, that's the thing about poetry. They pit, I, I feel there are some people that put poetry in a box. Mm -hmm. And poetry is the type of art form you can't put in a box. Everybody don't feel sorrowful. Everybody don't feel sad. or mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's some people that are literally angry. Mm -hmm. or literally mad, go out there and be mad and go be angry. I feel like in poetry, is one of the it's supposed to be a safe spot for you to feel how you want. So if I want to be up there and I'm mad and I want to be aggressive, I should be allowed to express that with no judgment behind it. Because in the long run, it's going to help me out. Because now if I'm walking around angry or mad, the slightest little thing... Can set you off. Can set me off. Now I do something out of emotion... Mm -hmm. And it could be life-changing. So why do that? Oh, you know what? That made me mad. I'm tight about this. Okay. Now I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to take it out on the stage. So it's literally for like me, it's a therapy se session. I was going to say that too. Yeah, it's a therapy session. It's, it's healing. It's healing. And you can tell, for me personally, you can tell 
if I've been going through something because the performance just be extra. It's just like, yo, I felt all of that energy. Like I felt all of that energy. So for people, it's entertainment, but for me, it's healing. I love that. And in that, have you been able to sort of build a community amongst, and is there a community of black people, black men in poetry, in spoken word? Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there are. There are a lot. <laughs> there are a lot that, you know, some people might not see, but they out there and they, and, and they come in with, with art, beautiful art, expressive art, and they actually being vulnerable there are a few that is actually vulnerable and then there's some that you know they just touch the basis of what they might be talking about and maybe later on they get a little deeper they get comfortable with being a you know an artist that wear their emotions on their sleeve and have you been able to notice through using poetry as your outlet that you've become a little bit better with your communication style, being more open with people, being more direct with, I'm upset at this moment, like understanding and recognizing what emotions you're feeling and what your triggers are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Before, I wouldn't probably say nothing to nobody, just keep it in and let it It probably spill over. You know, there's always one thing that breaks the camel's back and then somebody might get all the energy that they don't even deserve. Mm-hmm. or a situation that it didn't even deserve all this type of energy. So, yeah, me definitely doing poetry has helped me ex- express mainly and communicate because, like I said, I go on stage and I talk real. I'm really talking what's going on with me. So, you know, sometimes I'll be like, you know what, give me a second. I'm going to go write. Got to go rehearse. I got to go do this. I got to step away and come back and handle whatever task is in front of me. In that process of healing through your writing, is it very similar to also what people are trying to push when it comes to journaling? Do you find yourself journaling as well, or do you have to be in a certain, something is going on right now, and I'm going to use that to like push through and come up with a new piece of art? Um, I'm, I'm trying to get back into writing every day. Um, I think I'm at the point in my life where everything I do has to be great. I cannot just put out something that won't age well, like I would call it. So for me, it's more of I'm, the way I write now is, is literally to go out and perform. Anything else, if I do quote unquote journal, is for a book that I got working on and it comes out, I might be even more vulnerable in those pieces versus me performing. I'm vulnerable performing, but I still have to make it so it doesn't feel so personal towards me, but everybody can connect. And it could be your story too. You know what I mean? Because everybody's been through something. So, you know, you got to still make it relatable, but still make it personal. And that's what I try to do. So, And I like how you mentioned your book. Yeah, Ghetto Gospel. Come on, do a little plug. We need a little plug real quick. Yeah, yeah, My book, Ghetto Gospel, is out now. I'm working on my second and my third book right now. Should be out during the fall. The second book is In a Piece. The third book is Girl on Your Lock Screen. But Girl on Your Lock Screen is not a poetry book. It's one of them little ratchet short stories. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to test the waters and being a writer and all that. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> I love it because it's a perception that niggas can't read or niggas don't read. So when you see black men being authors, it's not only are we beating that stereotype, but it's also showing the different range right. of what's our interest. In that world, have you been discriminated or has someone misjudged you? Of course they have, but... It's funny you said that because I just got an email last week I didn't even respond to from a publishing company. They said, yo, you, your work is better off better performing off. and in person versus on the page. But your words need to be on pages, which just threw me off. It's either, it's either or. You know what I mean? I could translate. Like, like I said, I came out with my first book and I wrote it in a journal form. But I wrote it proper grammar. And I take feedback. I love feedback. Give me feedback. I'm going to take that. I'm going to use what's usable. And if it's not, it just gets pushed mm -hmm. to the side. And there was a lot of people said, I wish you would have wrote the book in the way you talk on stage. And that's what I did with the second book. But clearly, <laughs> they didn't like it. But don't worry. It'll still be out. Go find somebody else to do it. That's somebody cool. or do it yourself. Yeah. Self-publishing. I mean, yeah, self-publishing too, but I don't think I got the patience for it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I don't really at least you know pay. yourself. I don't I don't have the patience for that. Like at the end of the day. But um it is interesting, like, you know, that that aroma around black man can't read or write. Uh honestly, me growing up, I suffer from that can't read or write. It was a struggle for me. So for me to sit here and do poetry is like, I could beat the odds. You understand what I'm saying? I can beat the odds. And I don't put out, like, I'm, 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 I'm him. Like, I'm golly. Like, I do this poetry. Like, I'm really nice at it. So when I take a step back and I look at myself sometimes or I hear myself, it's like, yeah, bro, you came up with that? Because I know in school, your mother was going through it with these teachers, especially when it comes to reading and writing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so that whole 360 for me, that, that's the beauty of it. I think it's beautiful to think of because I would disagree with you in the point where you said you beat the odds. I don't think you beat the odds. I think you were able to do what many are struggling to do, which is find your gift and find your strengths and lead into your strengths. I think too much as a society, especially as black people, we get scrutinized for our weaknesses right. because it's something that they can use against us, right. which was I was kind of curious if that's like how you were feeling because in a sense you were able to be like, okay, I'm not good at this shit, but I'm really fucking good here and yeah. people are listening to what I have to say. So I'm going to continue using the way that I can express myself for others who have struggles finding a way to feel seen, right. feel heard, and be able to express, which leads me into my next question. <laughs> Long-winded way to get there. But it seems like with Black men, time and time again, we hear that their grandmothers were their best friends. And right. that's the first time they cried. And that's the person that they went and spoke to. Why do you feel like it's challenging for Black men as a younger Black male to find someone to confide in or be open with people and talk? Comfortability. I think as black men, when we younger, we don't know that we gotta get, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And 
as a younger black man, you're not taught to get through things. You're taught to dust it off, go around, and keep it pushing. We're not taught to get through. Right. So we're taught to get through from a young age. We're taught to get over. Right. You know what I mean? It, think about it. Like, if, if you have a little... A little boy, you raising a little boy, he just cries out of nowhere because you go tell him, sit down, you stop crying. What are you crying for? Mm-hmm. But that might have hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. But we don't tend to that. Mm-hmm. We, little boys don't get that leeway. So it's the way it is brung up, like you just got to just be tough and just go around things. So our grandmothers are soft spots. That's the soft spots. Yeah, we could be mama's boy all day and the but grandma is different. Grandma just different. She hold, a lot of grandmothers hold that family together. So you know when that's the rock, you want to get close to the rock. Everybody love their grandmother and then their mother. It just, it just goes like that. Mm-hmm. It, it just be like that. The hierarchy. Right, yeah. It, it, it just goes like that. But your grandmother makes you comfortable, makes you vulnerable, makes you soft, makes you say it's okay. Your mother can tell you, yo, stop crying with all that. But your grandmother will say, it's okay. Your grandmother is that line between the parent and the, and yeah. the kid. Yeah. What do you think, as a community, we can start adopting to make more young black men feel comfortable? Like, what can we do to bring comfort to young black men? And older black men, like, right. when did you even feel comfortable being like? Well, yeah, I, f- my I feelings just, are hurt. Yeah, I just felt comfortable once I started doing poetry. It made me more of a people person because I'm a very shy person. People don't know this. I'm very so shy, very shy. My personality doesn't say it though. I'm very okay. shy. You put me in a room with ten strangers, and I'm not talking to nobody until <laughs> someone comes talk to me, and I'm like, oh, thank God you spoke. Right. <laughs> Girl, I have someone to comment. Right, but even if you do come talk to me, it's like more like, why are you even talking to me? That awkward feeling comes over like, right. I'm going to stumble over my words. Right. I don't know what to say. I think what we can do is just be more accepting that, that there are some men that is just emotional. Let them get through their feelings. If they want to cry, let them cry. But then you got to ask them why. Why are you mm-hmm. crying? Why did this hurt? Try to be more understanding versus controlling. I think in the black community, we, we, we like to control things. So if you're crying and somebody sees you crying, it's like a sign of weakness, but it's not. It's, it's actually hard to cry. So if you do cry, you're, you're actually strong. Mm-hmm. The people that don't cry is actually the weak ones because you can't be vulnerable. So I think it's more of just understanding, asking why. Make it okay. Make it a safe place to come with whatever emotions you have. Have you cried on stage? No, nah, I never cried on stage. Mm-hmm. I haven't cried on stage, but I'll tell you this. I had performed, and this is recently. It's probably within the last month. I had performed, and when I got off the stage, two girls prayed over me. And that brought tears to my eyes. I've never experienced something like that for my writing or my words to make you want to pray over me. I love that. That made me feel like, all right, hold up. (laughs) 
Y'all doing a lot because I'm even fighting it. I'm over here wiping my eyes like, ah, right, anybody see me? No. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> no. You can't do that because you just said it's okay to cry. So it, it, no, it is okay. Folks no, it is okay. No, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. It is okay <laughs> to cry in front of folks, but it's like, all right, though. Like I'm, the, I'm in character right now. Hold on, like you know what I mean. But it, it, it was cool. People did see it though. People did see it. And it's like, are you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Man. They just prayed over me. Be fine. Like you know what I mean. Like that is just that was just different. That was very different. I love that for you. And are you going to adopt that safe space with like your children? Yeah. Um, I tell my kids all the time, like you, y'all could come to me. Come talk to me. By any means, you have come talk to me before I find out. Because if I find out now, I'm left to thinking what might have been. You go straight should've. into right. anger instead now, of into right. understanding. So, yo, talk come through. talk to me. Like, I, I make it okay for my kids to come. All right, you want to cry? Okay. You crying? Why are you crying? I'm asking why. But I got to also explain myself. I think as parents, sometimes you feel like you don't have to explain you don't yourself. Them anything, Just do yeah. what I say. But no, I'm going to explain why I'm coming with this type of energy, but I need to understand why you're receiving it the way you're receiving it. And if they were to tell you your tone made me feel like X, Y, Z, would you take that feedback as well and be like, okay, this tone upsets them. Mm -hmm. Now I know I need to, in order for them to hear me and the message that I want to get to them, I need to change my tone. Uh, To be completely honest, and in the heat of the moment, I might not because it's the heated moment. This is how I talk. Uh, but when I sit back and I, how you call it, when I sit back and I analyze. Reflect, yeah. And I reflect, I got to go back and apologize. I, lo- I got to. I got to go back and apologize because you're telling me something that's making you uncomfortable, which is making you shut down, but I'm trying to get information out of you. So now I have to apologize. And let you know, like, listen, the heat of the moment sometimes is just being the heat of the moment. And the heat of the moment, you telling me that is like you brushing me off. Now I got to figure out why that made me feel like that if my kids are telling me your tone is scary. Like, you understand what I'm saying? So I got to do some reflecting and analyzing, come back, apologize. And then for the next time, keep in mind, yo, this is what, oh, okay, I'm not going to approach it like this now. I'm going to approach it like this. And keep the, you know, keep the relationship flowing. Black dad gang. You <laughs> love to see it here. We love to see it here. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. This is my favorite part. Um, first question. Right. Give me three songs you listen to to get you in or out of a mood, no matter what the mood is. So. Oh, three songs. If you got to work out, you angry, you got to cry, whatever. Just name the three songs. I got it. So no more drama. Mary J. Blige. Come on, Auntie. Um, I'm Not Complete by Dave Hollister. Okay. And um, I'm Missing You by um, Casey. Did he in case? That one also brings tears to my eye. I can't listen to it often. <laughs> those, those are the ones. I'm an R&B nigga. <laughs> Poetry makes sense. Smooth makes sense. I mean, yeah, but not the way I perform. Also <laughs> true. Bronx on right. the stage. Got it. Makes sense. <laughs> we understood. <laughs> and lastly, what advice would you give a young black male that you wish you received when you were younger? Um, 
be receptive to information that mm-hmm. our adults are giving you. Just be mindful. Don't think they preaching to you. Don't think, oh, you too, you that that's old. So, there are gems in everything that some people talk. And find your niche. Just find your niche. Don't shine away from it. Find your niche and go with it. Gamble on yourself. You just gave like four yeah, bars. Yeah, gamble on yourself. You only got yourself. When you, when you look in that mirror, the only person that's there is you. Because everybody else can be physically gone except for you. So gamble on yourself. Find your niche. Gamble on yourself. Words from a spoken artist. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. And as always, you can connect with us at Black Men Cry 2. And that's two O's, T-O-O. And we'll have that next time. Peace.